I'd just like to say a few words about the church here. I want you to see how what we're doing today fits with our church values, um, which, yeah, are already there. Uh, so as a church, uh, we love as a church family to take time to honour one another. And today is the turn of the mums. To honour means to greatly respect, to value and to esteem. And I think that mums in particular are worthy of this. After all, where would we be without them? We are even commanded in the Bible to honour our fathers and mothers. Speaking personally, being a mum is one of the most challenging things that I've ever done. And even to date, I'm still learning about my own shortfallings and how I need God's grace to help me to grow and be a better mum. But... It is one of the most rewarding things, too. As you can see, I am passionate about the role that a mother's play in society. And it is for this reason that we run a toddler group in the local community. Also, why we run a daytime group for the mums in the week so that they can connect and support one another and encourage each other doing life together as mums. This is part of being family together and being countercultural, not comparing one another, but cheering each other on to be the best mum that we can be. It's going to take courage for each one of these mums to come up and share, and they will no doubt be real and honest and authentic in what they communicate. Did you see what I did there? <laughs> the mums today will each share a short story they have been given a time allocation, but that's fine. We're going to be prepared to go with the flow of something of their own life experience of what they've learned about God through this. One thing I would say, if you are not a mum today, please don't switch off because as a church, we love to celebrate what God is doing and how he changes us through the power of his Holy Spirit. We believe that we are a church that sees changed lives. So whoever you are today, and whatever your role is, we can each play a part in honouring mums, encouraging one another, and in cheering each other on. So, without further ado, please, can you welcome our first speaker, and it's Joe. Would you like to come up? Thank you. Hello. Uh, so... I'm a mum to Bethany, uh, who was born almost a year ago, um, and I think through having her, I've learnt more about how God provides for me, and how because he provides for me, I don't need to worry. Um, so I just wanted to tell you about that. Um, so there's a couple of Bible verses that I just wanted to share before I start. So Matthew 6, 31 uh, says, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we drink, or what? Sorry, what should we do or what, what should we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Matthew 7, 9 says, Which one of you, when his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who's in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Um, so I think what I've realised is that um, Tim and I, as parents, provide everything for Bethany, um, particularly when she was a newborn. And during the working week when Tim's at work, I provide, like, I meet all of her needs. Um, so 
I make sure that she's got food when she needs it. I make sure that she has sleep by putting her down for naps at the right time. I know when she needs to be changed. I make sure that she has a bath. I give her medicine when she needs it. It's kind of literally everything that she needs. Um, and I think it's really poignant, that Bible verse where it says, um, your heavenly father knows that you need these things. Like as her mother, I know that she needs things and um, yeah, I don't always know. So I think what I'm trying to say is that the way that I provide for her is a reflection. It's like a picture of how God provides for us, but I'm not a perfect representation of it because I don't always know. So sometimes she'll be crying and I'm thinking, I don't know what you want. I don't know what your need is. Um, but God never thinks that. He always knows what our needs are. Um, we can't kind of flummox him. He doesn't get stuck and think like, oh, I've done nappy and I've done cowpole and <laughs> what have I got left? Um, so yeah, just to encourage you on that. And then the other thing is, therefore, we don't need to worry. Um, so the idea that Bethany would worry is kind of crazy. Um, she obviously doesn't need to because we've got everything ready for her. But I don't think it would yet occur to her to worry because we've never let her down. We've never kind of failed to provide when she needs it. Um, so she obviously doesn't worry. Um, but I think that's, again, a picture of how as children of God, we don't need to worry because he's going to meet all of our needs. He's going to preempt them. He knows what we need. So kind of actually the idea that we'd be anxious is a bit ludicrous because <laughs> God's got it in control. Um, so yeah, God's our provider and we don't need to worry. that that's wonderful that's a wonderful encouragement jen would you like to come next thank you um so after only a year of motherhood i have never felt less like i know what i'm talking about (laughs) um but when simon asked us to talk on one thing god has taught me through motherhood i sat and stared at the word one, thinking one, one, so many lessons. Um, I ended up writing half a book's worth. Um, so I will try to be succinct. Um, the lesson I settled on was that I cannot be in control of everything. Um, so I like to be in control. Tim can't even make me cheese on toast because I'm so particular about how I like my cheese. Um, so... Before Georgia was born, I prayed for a placid baby with minimal energy who slept amazingly well. (laughs) Those of you who know Georgia know that I got a feisty little firecracker that never sits still and has not slept amazingly well. Um, So I learned pretty quickly that I can't be in control of everything um, and that his ways are not my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts um he has not made a mistake in giving me georgia and he does not make a mistake with any of your lives um we often think that we know what is good for us and that we need it now don't we um and georgia can be incredibly impatient when it comes to food um the other day i made her some potatoes um but they were too hot to give her yet. And she starts pointing at them. She's reaching for them. She's crying. She's throwing everything else off her tray in readiness, Um, which actually reminded me of the way that I perhaps have behaved sometimes when I feel like God should have given me something and he hasn't given it me yet. Um, 
but it just she, I realized she's got no concept of it's too hot or it will hurt you um, and this just gave me a picture of how God sees things from such a different perspective um, and how he has such a comprehensive view of our lives that we may not see or understand yet but it says in scripture that he knows the plans he has for us um, and they are not plans to harm us so this has just helped me, um, particularly in the area of Georgia's sleep, which has been a pretty major issue over the last year, and despite our best efforts, has felt like something we have had very little control over. Um, so a big part of me laying down my need to be in control has been learning to rely on other people, especially our church family. Um, and this is really just my testimony from the last couple of months. Um, Generally, I have quite a big capacity for just getting on with things and managing on my own, um, which in itself I don't think is a bad thing, but I found that there was probably a bit of pride behind that and lots of self-reliance um, and realized that God has actually put us in family um, and being authentic and relying on others can actually deepen relationships. Um so we've had quite a difficult time with severe sleep deprivation and um, some hard stuff that went on with Tim's work at the end of last year. And there was just a Sunday a few weeks ago where we were feeling totally at the end of ourselves. And God was just really challenging us that we could either go home that day without speaking to anyone and be miserable or we could get some family alongside us so some amazing guys stood with us and just prayed for us and prayed for Georgia and from that night her sleep has been significantly better um and then the following week, we spent some time with some others who just spoke truth into the situation and reminded us of our identity. And that night, her sleep improved again. Um, and so I've just learned to accept when people have offered us meals and I'm learning to ask for help more. Um, and, that, and it's all those things that have helped us to feel like we're coming out of quite a difficult time. But that was because... Some people in our church family sort of said, are you okay? And we've learned to be authentic and I've learned to rely less on my own strength. Um, so in conclusion, God is in control, even when it doesn't feel like it. And he's put us in family to help with those times as well. Thanks, Jen. I can assure you it does get better. <laughs> it does get better. Um, Wonderful. It is about being authentic. It's about meeting God where you are, um, whatever your circumstance. And I'd like to introduce Becky. Would you like to come up now? Thank you. Hello. <laughs> um, I wanted to share with you a couple of things today that God's taught me through being a mum. These are things that I live with rather than things that I've got sorted out. Um, I've been a mum for nearly six years. Joseph was born on Mother's Day in 2010, which was a, a nice uh, Mother's Day present to start with. I love being a mum more than I ever thought that I would. I've never really been like a kiddie person, I don't think, growing up. Um, but it's it's such a privilege to be a mum. The boys are real miracles for us. And it's also a really emotionally involved job. It can be very intense with young children at home. And one of the things that I think I've learned firsthand is that I get to demonstrate the gospel to my children. And uh, sadly, this hasn't been learned through any great spiritual encounter 
but really through things just going wrong. Um, so if my boys have messed up, messed things up, um, then obviously I get to demonstrate to them love and forgiveness. And also through me messing up, losing my temper or saying unkind things, I get to say sorry. And it's been quite powerful, I think, to for me to live with the verse um, I have done really since Joseph was born, that his mercies are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. And I've I've tried, and it's not always easy, is it? But I've tried to really live with that, that God applies every day to me a new start, even if I've messed up as a mum. And I try and apply that to Joseph and Ben, starting each day afresh and not holding a grudge. Linked to that, um, one of the things God has shown me in the last few years is that relationship is more important than any issue. And there's a verse in Ecclesiastes which really came home to me one day that says the end of the matter is better than its beginning um, and patience is better than pride. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit. And I think it's fair to say that children know how to provoke you. They know how to um, irritate and push your buttons sometimes. Um, but God really spoke to me on a day where Joseph was challenging that uh, restoring relationship forgiveness, hugs, letting go of whatever caused a rift in the first place, the end of the matter is more important than ever showing that you were right, proving that you were right and they were wrong. And that's something I feel really challenged with as the boys get older, that I want to keep good relationship with them, that I want to listen when it's inconvenient, I want to choose to enjoy the moment, even when it's not very exciting, and really invest in my relationship with them. Thirdly, quickly, um, being a mum has helped me understand my identity and how God sees me. It's such a delight as a mum when your children do something new, um, when they do something lovely, when you see kindness in their character, um, or when they're really excited about something. They're so genuine on their faces. Joseph particularly is really expressive. You kind of really know where you are with him. Um, but that was a glimpse for me of how God sees me, that he thinks about me with such love, just as I would think about my boys in that way. His love, God's love for me is so attentive, just like a mum would be to her children. Recently, Joseph has been really hard on himself. If he's done something wrong, if he's spoiled some nice time that we're having, and he's, you know, it's, it's been heartbreaking to hear him go off calling himself an idiot, calling himself, oh, I'm so stupid. That's not what we say to him. But it reminded me of how I talk to myself and how I talk to God sometimes. Um, that, and it, it was quite an insight because it was, as a mum, you'd hate to hear your child speak about themselves in that way. Um, it occurred to me that God would hate to speak for hear, to hear me speak about myself in that way, speaking lies about who I am, because I'm made in His image and I'm chosen and loved. And in trying to teach Joseph in these moments, that's not who he is. That's not what he needs to say. That's not how we think about him. God spoke to me about my own kind of pity parties at times when I would choose to hide away. That that's not who I am or what he's called me to be. And finally, in having young children, God's taught me that um, I get to look for him speaking in the everyday and I felt like that's what God wanted to leave with some of you this morning, that whatever your every day looks like, whether it's being a mum or something entirely different, that God can speak to you through the every day. It can be mundane being at home with young kids. Um, it's really different from being at work full time. But God's spoken to me when I've been sat on the floor playing with my children and most notably in our decision to move here to Solihull. Um, so about maybe about two or so years ago now, God gave me a picture um, when I 
started to think that God was speaking to me about moving us here, um, gave a picture of a train track going forward, but that track was coming to a dead end and another track was veering off to the left. And that's a picture I've been living with for a few months. Um, and one day just sat on our living room floor, Joseph made a, a Brio track just like I had seen it in my mind. And God really confirmed that picture to me that day that you get to look for how God speaks. And sometimes he surprises you just in the everyday. Uh, he speaks to me, um, I think it's okay, you know, to ask God for wisdom for everyday things, for everyday decisions, parenting decisions. I've seen him bring peace to the boys on occasions, um, but also to ask for wisdom for really kind of normal everyday stuff. And one, one final example of that would be about Ben's eating, which has been pretty tough over the last few months at dinner time. Meal times have been frustrating and I, I found patience and conjoling didn't work and exasperation and getting cross didn't really work and finally remembered to pray about it. And I felt like in that time, uh, God inspired me to make Ben head chef for the week. So I got him to plan the meals and I got him to come, you know, obviously he chose all his favorite things, which is what you expected. Um, got him to come to Sainsbury's with me, prepare some dinners with me. And although it's not perfect now, I feel like we really turned a corner that week. Mealtimes are a lot less stressful again. I'm not saying that that's a magic solution, but that that was God inspired. When you took time to pray, God cares about the details of your families. And uh, as a mum, you're in such a unique position to see the ups and downs that your kids have. God sees those details in our lives as well. And we get to pray for our children and see God break in. Um, but whatever your every day looks like, you get to pray and see God break in too. Thank you. We're getting a theme coming across here, aren't we? It's all about our identity. And uh, that is a theme that uh, we hold dear as a church. It's all about who we are and our relationship with our father. And uh, so that's what we're hearing a lot about this morning is how, um, as a mum, what we're learning about our father and how we can demonstrate that to our children. Um, I'd like to introduce now Trudy. I think I'll be following the theme. I hope I don't repeat too much. Um, so I became a mum when I was 23 with my lovely Dylan, who's now 12, and then my noisy, wonderful Theo came along, who's nine, and then my surprise. Um, sometimes we call him surprisey Izzy, and Isaac's three now. So because of all the ages, I'm in quite three very different stages of childhood at the same time. So in one afternoon, I can be being the pink Power Ranger fighting off baddies. I can be helping, attempting to help with secondary school homework and having my brain fried by that. Um, and I can be also listening and nodding enthusiastically to a commentary about football. Sometimes that's all within the same five minutes, so it can be a challenge. Um, and I found a mum, being a mum is a constant learning curve. Things are always changing, and just as you think you've got something sussed, it changes again, and you're learning all over again. Um, so today I wanted to just talk about a couple of things that God has taught me about his love through my experiences of being a mum. So I hope that whoever you are, whether you're a mum or not, that there'll be some truth here for you to take away. Um, so firstly, I wanted to look at God's joy and delight over us. I've been thinking about how much um, we love our boys. They are a joy. They are a delight. Although, let's be honest, they're not always like that. <laughs> and some moments definitely don't feel joyful. They definitely don't feel delightful. Um, this morning, getting ready for church <laughs> didn't feel like that. But we're here and it's all good. Um, but when I think of how I feel towards them, when they do something for the first time, um, 
like their first words or their first steps, um, when they do something that's really kind or they're really brave about something, or when I just think about who they are, their different personalities, there is a definite feeling of joy and delight for them. Um, an example of this is Isaac has started spotting daisies. This is the start to get into spring when we're out and about, and he keeps wanting to pick them, and he brings them up to me and says, Mummy, I picked this for you because you're my special girl. And it is, it's that, it's that heart-melting moment, and it's that feeling there, that rush of love, that joy, that delight, is just a small, like what Becky said, a small, tiny reflection of what God feels about us and how he feels about us when he, when he looks at us and when he thinks about who we are. Um, and it says in the Bible, in a book called Zephaniah, it says, He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Um, one of our boys used to find it difficult to settle to sleep at night. Um, his mind wouldn't switch off. It was always on the go. Um, we tried so many things that nothing seemed to work. And eventually... Um, we found something that did work. Steve would sing um, Theo a song. Um, it was a very long song. And the words of it were, um, Theo loves his mummy, he does, he does, he loves his mummy, he does. And then it would go to daddy, and then it would be brother, well, one brother at the time, brother. Then it would be grandparents, cousins. We, I mean, he's got a lot of cousins. They're one of 11. There was all of them. There was aunties, uncles. I think actually even Darren and Ruth and Mary and Henry used to get a mention in there somewhere. So this song went on for a long time, but do you know what? It worked. He was stilled with the singing and the love, and he was quiet. He wasn't asleep, but he was quiet and he was still. And it just reminded me of um, how sometimes, I think, in our kind of striving and struggling to get through life, sometimes we just need to stop and we need to have our ears open to hear um, the love of our Father and his voice of um, joy and love and peace singing over us. Um, Secondly, um, mums often know instinctively what to do to make things better. Not always, but most of the time we do. And our children trust us to make things okay again. When they're worried, they're upset, they've hurt themselves, generally it's, I want mummy, and they know that we're going to make things okay. So I'm learning constantly to give my worries to God and to trust that he's got good things for me and good things for my family um, the verse that Jen referred to is with me a lot, that God has plans to give us a hope and a future. Um, and also just remembering as well that Jesus is on our side. He's interceding for us. He's praying for us. Just as I want to pray for my boys and I want the best for them, I know that Jesus is already doing that for all of us, for, for my family, for you, for your families. Um, in between when I had Dylan, after Dylan, before I had Theo, I had a miscarriage. And that was a very painful and... Um, yeah, very sad experience for, for all of us um, at the loss of that baby and at the loss of what he or she could have been. It didn't make sense to me at all at the time. Um, but I came to the point of trusting that God knows the bigger picture, that he's over everything, that his ways are not our ways, that he knows what is best for our family. Um, and, you know, there's loads of situations that I'm sure we all come across where things just don't make sense to us. But we have to come to that point again of trusting that God knows and that he's he's holding us. Um, and just to say, actually, that if anyone is struggling with anything to do with that, I would love to pray with you later if there's a chance. So just come and grab me. Um, the next thing was God has never ending patience and grace. So I constantly find I always need more of this. I don't always get it right. I get cross, I get grumpy, I take things personally, 
But God never does. He's always kind, always full of grace. Even in challenging and stretching times, um, God is there being gracious and merciful towards us. And just to say that we don't have to be the perfect mum. I think these days there's a lot of pressure on mums to do everything and be everything and get it all right. Um, But we won't. So, you know, we just won't. But obviously we want to strive to be the best we can be, but we will make mistakes. And we need to be real with our children. We need to... um, It's good for them to see us make mistakes. It's good for them to um, see us apologise, for there to be forgiveness there. Um, actually brings the relationship to a much better place. And we can't provide for everything they need. Um, we need to um, point them towards God and that actually, you know, this is who we look to for, for everything. And the very last thing, just quickly, is that I have boys, not robots. When they were very little, Steve would constantly remind me that they weren't robots, that they were people. And um, he would often remind me of this when they weren't doing what I thought they should be doing. They weren't sleeping or they weren't eating right. They weren't reacting in the way that I thought they should be. Um, So we can and we should teach them, train them, but they have to make their own decisions. Um, We want them to be obedient, to do the right thing, but not just because they have to, but because they have a heart that loves us, that loves God, and because they want to do the right thing. And just thinking about that, that God hasn't made us robots. He wants to be in friendship. He wants to be in relationship with us. And he wants us to have hearts that don't just um, do things because we have to, but we do them because we love him and we want to serve him and follow him. Thanks, Trudy. Uh, It's so important, isn't it, to remember that it is all about our relationship. And when we um, try to inspire our children to tidy their rooms, it's better to inspire than to instruct, I have learnt. (laughs) So, um, moving on, uh, Ruth, would you like to come up and share now? Thank you. Okay. I'm not planning to express emotion, but I have a funny feeling. Um, and just to um, encourage you, Jen, I'm nearly 13 years into this, and I am just the, feel totally unqualified to be standing here, which is my starting point. Um, I just want to make it very, very clear that just because I'm standing here um, sharing what God has taught me does not mean that I've got this sorted in any way. Um, and I know that my children are a gift from God. I know that. But some days, more often than not, in fact, it seems like they're more of a test. Sometimes a psychological test, and sometimes an endurance test, and sometimes just a test. Um, And there are some days, in fact, may surprise you to know that crazy mum comes out, and she's sometimes very difficult to put back in the box. Anyway, that said... um, so we were asked one thing that um, that God has taught me through being a mum, and I've thought about this over the past few weeks, um, and I've come to the realisation that actually God has taught me things through the times when actually I haven't taken the best approach. I haven't used my good parenting skills, and um, things haven't always gone to plan. Um, and I'm very aware as well that there's people here that aren't mums, mainly because of gender, but um, also that they haven't had uh, they haven't had children for whatever reason, they're not in that place at the moment. So what I share, I don't want it to just be about being a mum, don't even want it to just be about being a parent. Um, I'm hoping that there's something in here for all of us to, um, to think about. 
So sometimes, quite often, um, we've given our children things that they really, really don't deserve. They haven't behaved in a way that they deserve it, um, or it's just that they've asked so many times that the easiest response has been, okay, have it, just be quiet. Um, but either way, it's taught them that if they nag for long enough, um, they'll get what they want. Or actually, it doesn't matter how they behave, they'll get it anyway. Um, and it's something that actually we're working on at the moment. <laughs> so, um, but this got me thinking that actually, with God, he totally, totally always gives us stuff that we don't deserve. Um, and in fact, we don't have to earn it. We don't have to behave a certain way. We don't have to speak a certain way. He just loves to give us good things. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter um, to him what our circumstances are. He always just wants to give us good things. Um, okay, so, and, yeah. Um, we've lived through a time in our household where it seemed like the only response we ever got when we asked for something to be done was, it's not fair, that's favouritism, or if they can do it, why can't I? Or if I have to do it, why don't they? Um, And sometimes you think, really, really? Um, But the truth is, we've got two children, um, and when you have two, you suddenly grasp the fact that actually everyone's different, Everyone's an individual, um, but we've got a boy and a girl, and that just highlights the fact that everybody's different. Um, and just for the record, I do love both my children a lot, but sometimes um, they just need different things. Um, if they could only grasp that, it would make my life a lot easier. Um, but they need to be dealt with differently. They don't always need the same thing all of the time, so whether they think it's fair or not, favoritism or not they just don't need the same things um, that's just how it is um, sometimes we can wonder this about God you look at somebody and you think well they've got it why can't I or why do they get to do that or go there or get that promotion or why is their child so good at sleeping and eating and behaving and actually why is mine the crazy one that runs around at the back of church or in worship every week sometimes the truth of the matter is that um we don't all need the same thing. God loves us differently. Um, he loves us the same, but differently, because that's what we need. We don't all need to be loved in the same way. We don't all need to be given the same gifts. Um, and what's right for one person isn't necessarily going to be right for me. Um, it, it's funny how through this process, I've been thinking about this question for a few weeks now, and it's funny how this process, I thought that was it. I thought that was it. Fine, that's easy. But actually, God's actually challenged me as well. Um, so my final thing is, I've wondered, we've wondered recently, well, you know when you ask a child to do something and um, and then you ask them again to do the same thing and then again you ask them to do something and, you, and they're just not doing it. You know, it's not like life-changing. It's just put your shoes on, brush your teeth, have a wash, those kind of ordinary things. And I found myself thinking, why, why do I need to ask them more than once? Why do I have to nag? In fact, I found myself saying, I don't want to be a nag, but can you just put your shoes on or can you just do this or that? Um, 
And and I found I kind of thought, actually, why don't they just do it? Why don't I say, could you do this? And they, yeah, okay, I'll do it now. It just doesn't happen. But the challenge that that God gave me was actually, what if when He asks us to do something, we just did it? What if, you know, when God gives you that little word of knowledge or that little word of encouragement to somebody or that that person needs help, why don't you pray for them? What what if we just responded? What what difference would it make to us? How encouraging would it be for us if we responded that quickly? But that aside, what a difference would we make to the people around us if actually when God said, could you do this for me? We just did it. And there's no kind of heaviness in that. I just wonder if I responded as quickly as I would like my children to respond to me, what difference would it make to those around me? So just to finish off, I think the one thing that God has taught me um, through being a mom is that he loves me no matter what, no matter how I behave or don't behave, no matter what I say or do, no matter where the way I look, nothing matters to him but the fact that he loves me. I don't have to do anything to earn it. And perhaps, maybe, kind of, maybe, when God asks me to do something, maybe I just need to learn to respond to him just a little bit quicker. I feel like there was quite a prompt, actually, from the Holy Spirit in that. Um, I don't know about you, but... um, I just feel like it might be helpful to just take a moment before we move on to Wendy and just think, well, what is the one thing that perhaps God's been speaking to you about that uh, you felt that prodding in? And uh, let's just ask him to uh, just come and speak to us and that we can then be courageous and go and take that out and perhaps get on and do it. So let's just take a moment. Hmm. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for your prompts this morning. I just want to thank you for your reminder. You're so patient with us. We just pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd come and that you would cause us to be responsive to your word. If there's anything in our own lives that you've been asking us to do and we've just been ignoring you and being a bit of a Jonah and trying to run away or just bury our heads in the sand, we just pray that you'd give us willing hearts, that we'd be quick to obey. And we just want to thank you that then that will have impact on those around us. And I just pray that you'd help us to do that. In Jesus' name. Amen. And last but not least, Wendy, would you like to come up? Thank you. Um, Sorry if this comes out a bit gibberish. I, I very clearly knew what God wanted me to say. Very clear. Okay, but every time I tried to put it in some sort of, it just never came out. That's not, that's, no, that's not come out right. So I I hope it'll make sense. Okay. And when Simon first suggested that, you know, us moms in life group share our experiences, my first thought was, I've got nothing to share. What on earth could I say that could possibly encourage other mothers? You know, I'm hardly a good role model, but God started and he just kept saying, don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. And for the past few weeks, that's all that's been going through my head, you know. Um, so I thought, ah, right, I think I've got the message now. 
you want me to actually share a lie that I believed for years. Oh dear, and I'm going to be like Ruth and get emotional. Um, but I hope that by sharing this, this might help you. Okay? Because until a few years ago, I used to really struggle with the guilt trips. Okay? The guilt trips. You know? I was a failure as a mother. You know, I'd done a bad job because I'd always gone out to work since the children were babies. When John was 10 weeks old, I was back at work full time. And yet I'd always been brought up and I'd always believed in my heart. Good Christian mothers stay at home with their children. They don't go back to work till the children are at school. And even then you work part time so you can take the children to school in the morning. And you're there to pick them up from the gates and take them home in the afternoon. Why was I going out to work full time then? But, um, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a full time mum. I didn't want to be at work. But when I was pregnant with John, you know, it became apparent to me and Rob that I'd got to go back to work full time. You know, this was just the sensible, practical, right thing for our family for me to do. So I went back, you see. But because I just felt cheated. I wanted to be, you know, like some of the other mums had said, you know, I don't know why you're doing this, God, because I want to be at home. You know, what, what's going on? Um, and I just felt I'd failed John and Rachel, you know, because I wasn't the type of mum I should have been. Um, and I never had any negative comments from other Christians, and we weren't in this church at the time, I hasten to say, we were in another church, but I never had anybody make any negative um, uh, things about me. But I always just thought, and you always think you know what other people are thinking, don't you know? But I always thought that they must be thinking, you know, oh, tut, 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 you know. Um, she, obviously, her job is far more important to her than her children are, you know. And I never had that, but you know how it goes around in your head. But anyways, John and Rachel grew up. I, I often had black moments. It would usually be at night when you're lying in bed, you know. But I'd always feel guilty, and I was a bad mother. And any time anything happened, you know, um, I'd think instantly, this is my fault. This is my fault because I'm not at home. If I was at home with them, this would never be happening. If I was there after school to pick them up, they'd be doing so much better. And this would just keep on and on and on. And like um, the others have said, you know, I'd look around at other Christian mums and I'd compare myself to them. And always it would be, they're doing a far better job than me. They're much better mums than me. Why can't I be like them? And I'd get really jealous of them. Um, but eventually (laughs) the penny started to drop (laughs) Um, and and I actually started listening to perhaps what God was saying you know which is always a good idea isn't it but unfortunately with me it takes quite a long time sometimes to listen and I can remember very clearly one night again you know, lying in bed in the dark. And I remember God saying, and it's it's probably the only time I really feel I probably have heard God's voice. And he says, Wendy, yeah, you've made a mess of some things. You've been a failure at some things. But the one thing you haven't failed at is a mum. And I just got this so clearly. He said, don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. And he'd just been getting at me with this lie for years because he wanted to undermine me. 
Okay. He, he, he wanted to make me insecure. And, you know, this isn't just for moms. It's not just for dads. It's for all of us. You know, the devil just rubs his hands with glee, doesn't he? If he can find that one little vulnerable chink and get in and start undermining our trust in God, he's going, <laughs> got her again, you know. Um, so I was believing a lie. That the life for me was that I wasn't any good as a mother because life hadn't worked out as I'd wanted it to and I wasn't being what I'd class as a conventional Christian mother. But, I mean, let's face it, what is a conventional Christian mother, you know? But I, I, I believed, you know, there was this definite model and I wasn't fitting it, therefore, you know. But God's taken me down this path for a reason. Now, I don't know why. I don't know why this was the path that was chosen for us as a family. But as has been said before, God has plans for us. And this was his plan for us. And when I get up to heaven, I'll be there saying, why did you work it out like that? But um, it's learning to trust, isn't it? That he knows best, that his plans are the perfect ones for us. Um, and I have to say, you know, when I look now at John and Rachel, and I should have said at the beginning for people who don't know me, um, John's 23 and Rachel's 14. So I'm quite well on down the path of uh, motherhood. And I have to say, I'm very, very proud of them. I'm very proud of the way they've turned out. You know, John is a grown man now. Rachel's growing into a young woman. And I'm very proud of them. So God obviously got it right. Although I couldn't see it at the time. Um, and, and he provided so well. I mean, you know, John and Rachel will both remember with great love, Fran and Alison, you know, at just the right point, he gave us um, Christian childminders. So both of them, before they went to school, were in a Christian home with a Christian mother looking after them wasn't me but you know that was God's provision and I think for each of us the lie is different isn't it and again this isn't just for moms this is for all of us for all of us the devil will find that little chink that where we're vulnerable where he can get in and where he can get us to believe the lie but we've just got to have that total trust in father God that he knows what's best and the plan may be completely different to what we'd got mapped out, but we've just got to trust that he'll he'll be there with us and that his plans are perfect. Um, so please, don't believe the lie. All right. Um, God, and again, just for moms here, but for dads as well, God trusts us. And again, that was something I very clearly, God trusts us if he hadn't he wouldn't have given us these children would he because he loves his children he wouldn't have given them to us if he didn't trust us so don't believe the lie i'm going to try and sum up <laughs> but there's been so much said so i'm just going to pick out some of the uh, key things that I feel have come through. Um, and then we're going to pray. Uh, so to sum up, we've heard stories about how each one of us needs to know God's love to the full. It's all about our relationship with him. 
And I'd just like to say, if anyone doesn't know the Father's love to the full today, and you would like to know that, we would love to pray with you in a bit. Also, that God is in charge. We've heard that really clearly, haven't we? That we're not in control and that we can put our trust in him. And actually, how much better it is to do that than to take the worry and the anxiety on ourselves and that how we can see provision from his hand and how we can learn that um, from having children. Also, um, as each of our children are different, so are we. And I don't think that God wants us to compare ourselves or even our parenting skills because you know the best way to be the best mum or dad for that matter. And that comes from knowing that you are the best son or daughter um, of the one father who will never let us down. Also, finally, that we shouldn't believe the lie, and I wrote this before I knew exactly what you were going to be saying, so I just feel like um, there's truth in this, that we are that we shouldn't believe the lie that we are useless or a failure in whatever circumstance or situation you might be in, whether or not you feel it's as a mum or in whatever it is that you're facing at the moment. You are not a failure and that you're not to believe that lie but that we can hold fast to the truth that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to pray a general prayer of blessing over the mums, and then I'm going to offer in a minute some specific opportunities for more prayer if you'd like it. So would you like to just stand for a minute? Heavenly Father, We want to thank you so much for the relationship that we can enjoy through knowing you as our father, through being your child. And I want to thank you so much that from that intimate place of knowing you and your love, that we can show your love to others. I want to thank you for the mums that are amongst us today and for those mums that are represented here. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would bless each one beyond measure. We pray special blessing and favor on them today. I pray that you would be with them, that you would be on them, that you would be in them, in the day-to-day, in the struggles, in the menial tasks of changing nappies and washing bottles or being up in the night, at that place where you come to the end of your tether and you feel like you just (laughs) need to have a rant. I just pray, Lord God, that you would draw close to each individual mum at that time. Just pray that you would show your father heart of love. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would re-energize us, that you would uh, um, come on us afresh. That from each one of us being different, that we can know what it is to celebrate difference in our relationships and that we can represent something of your love to those that are around us by things not necessarily having to be fair, but that you speak to each one of us in different ways and acknowledging that you are Father God who comes to bring freedom and that you are Father God who comes to uh, speak truth over us. And I want to thank you, Lord God, for the truths that we've been reminded of today. In Jesus' name. Amen.